In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I beg your pardon of my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. It has been a number of days since our Lord's resurrection, and the disciples who have not yet seen him are locked away, are locked away behind doors for fear that they might be discovered, that they too might be drug off and suffer the same fate as Jesus. Perhaps scared of the pain of the cross, the embarrassment of the cross, of the shame of the cross. Perhaps scared that they might deny the Lord as Peter had done. And so they are lo have locked themselves away. In what ways have you perhaps locked yourself away? What things have you decided to cut yourself off from for fear that you will not be strong enough to undertake the task? Do you need to forgive somebody but you don't have the courage to say that to them? Do you perhaps need to state some truth, but you are too scared to do so? Is the Lord perhaps calling you out to the deep to pursue the vocation that he has destined for you, but you're too scared that you will not be strong enough to continue? As the disciples cower in their room, in this house, the Lord appears to them. How? But yet there he is. He is in the flesh even. They recognize that indeed it is truly the Lord. It is, him, it is his body. It is his flesh. It is him fully alive. Somehow he has come to them. He has broken through the hardness of their hearts as symbolically represented by the locked doors of this house. They rejoice when they see him. And the first thing he says to them is, peace be with you. A reminder that he wants to show them peace, that he wants to show them mercy, that he wants to reconcile them to himself. And then he bestows the gift upon them by saying that just as the Father has sent him, now he sends them out into the world, whose sins they forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins they retain are retained. This is a reminder of the power of the priesthood, the power of Christ's mercy and forgiveness still at work in the world today, that indeed the Lord desires to be merciful to us. What sins do you need to bring to him? Perhaps in the confessional, perhaps that you desire to say now and to ask him for your hardness of heart, for your despondency in responding to his inspirations, for your despair that he indeed desires to forgive you, a lack of hope in his goodness, a lack of trust in his goodness. Whatever it is, bring it to him. Bring it to him, yes, in the confessional, but now also bring it to him. Express your sorrow and indeed trust that he does desire to forgive you. 
when the Lord first appeared to the apostles, Thomas was not with them. Upon his return, the other disciples tell him that the Lord has appeared to them. He then says that unless he sticks his hand into the, into the Lord's side and puts his finger in his nail holes, that he will not believe that the Lord has come back, that he has risen. Now, one can refer to this as doubting Thomas, that he perhaps doubts the Lord's resurrection, that he perhaps is upset that the disciples have been duped. But instead, perhaps, it is because of jealousy, because it is perhaps for FOMO, fear of missing out, that he has acted in this way, perhaps wanting to question their experience because he himself has not had it. And so he is jealous of their own experience of the risen Lord and wonders why, a lo why the risen Christ who could appear, who could appear behind locked doors could not have known that he was not there and have waited for him to come back. We too can so often feel left behind, feel left behind because others are beginning to experience conversion in a deeper way than we currently are. We seem to be treading water. We seem to be stuck where we're at. But yet, we know and should rejoice with each other as we grow in our lives of faith. We should rejoice whenever our friends lift themselves up out of sin after having so long struggled. We should rejoice whenever that child, that spouse, who we've prayed for so long to experience conversion, experiences it and then begins to seem to bound out ahead of us. Rejoice with one another. It is a command that St. Paul tells us and it's certainly a command of the Lord. So let us rejoice now in the good that the Lord continues to do in those around us. The week after our Lord had appeared to the other disciples, the disciples were again joined together behind locked doors. This time Thomas was with them. And again, the Lord appears to them. And upon his appearance, he once again says, peace be with you. Once again, expressing his desire to reconcile himself to them, reconcile himself to us, to enter into a relationship, a friendship with us. And upon his appearance, he tells Thomas, look here where they put the nails, put your finger, and then says to put his hand into his side. At this, 
Thomas, dismayed by his doubt, expresses, My Lord and my God. And while we can oftentimes give Doubting Thomas a bad name, a hard time, we too can identify, perhaps, with his desire. And we too should desire to actually touch the wounds of our Lord. Those wounds, by his wounds, by our Lord's wounds, we are healed. And so by putting our hand into his side, spiritually, into the nail holes, we touch the source of life, the source of mercy, the source of forgiveness, and the source of reconciliation. Our Lord's desire for us to be cleansed, cleansed by his blood, cleansed by his wounds, by his suffering, his passion. We too are, have, we too then are restored to life, restored to the baptismal grace that was given to us whenever we were baptized into Christ, death and resurrection. And we can be sure that we too are healed. So enter into the wounds of our Lord, into his sacred side. By entering into his sacred side, we are kept free from the cares, concerns, and worries of this world, and instead can take hope in his most sacred heart. We can take assurance that indeed the Lord has us in hand, that he wants to heal all of our wounds by his wounds, that he binds us up by opening himself, his wounds to us. This is the beauty of this, of this passage from the gospel, that the Lord does indeed want to forgive us of our sins. And blessed are all of you who have not seen our risen Lord in the flesh, but yet believe in all the words that have been spoken of him, the testimony of so many who have gone on before us, that indeed Jesus Christ has changed their lives, has healed them of their sins, forgiven them, and restored them to life in, the, in this here and now, but then also, most importantly, has restored them to eternity. With much thanksgiving for the many gifts that the Lord has bestowed upon you in this Easter season, I invite you to make your resolutions, and then we will conclude. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me in this meditation. I beg your help for putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.